to, for the benefit of the person you're talking to. Um, it shouldn't matter to you. You should be, you should feel no more bound to honor your word just because you put an oath or a vow to it, or no less bound, maybe I should say, to honor your word just because it's not in the form of an oath or a vow. And I want us to think about that a little bit today in a, in a particular way. And we, uh, we looked at the first question on page 603 of the material, and, and that's what we've just kind of reviewed. A number two, is a vow as opposed to an oath any less binding? No, it's just a matter of who is offended. They're, they're very, very equal uh, in, 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 in what they involve. They're, that is the, the solemnity of it. Uh, much the same. Um, so obviously you would say, well, if I'm, if I'm promising to God, that, that's a little more solemn. Well, it's not really. The truthfulness of the matter, what you're promising, whether you're promising to God or somebody, you, you should feel equally bound to perform. Um, so you, you can give some thought to it. I was thinking uh, in connection with this, because we've spent a good bit of time on it, and, uh, but I, I, it's in the confession, and you wonder in some sense, why did they feel it? necessary to put this in, well, you get some indication of it with some of the references to things that the Roman Catholic Church requires, uh, the, the vows of poverty and celibacy and some of that stuff that is contrary to Scripture. Uh, so uh, it, there's certainly that part, but for our purposes, too, I mean, those are important, but I don't think anybody here is going to be tempted to do that. But uh, I got to think it again. What do the scriptures principally teach? Uh, the scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. So, as it pertains to vows and oaths, the duty God requires of man. And again, I just kind of keep some of these in mind with where we're going, and you'll see that in a little bit. Now, and I ended last week with, um, with a third question, as it were, that I've added, and that is, what vows are made to God? What vows do you make, do I make to God in connection with our salvation. Okay. So, why is it important? Well, if you've made a vow to God, a promise to God, then obviously God is looking to you to perform that promise. Now, the Old Testament uses the word vow a whole lot more than the New Testament. In fact, I think the only two times I'm aware of in the New Testament both involved Paul, um, and it had to do with shaving of his head. Uh, and it would appear to be in conjunction with a Nazarite vow, and he promised. And from reading the Nazarite vow, you make one 
then the men didn't shave their head until the vow was performed. When the vow was performed, they shaved their head to indicate that they had performed their vow. And that would seem to be the situation with Paul the two times in the New Testament that it comes up. But it's used a lot more in the Old Testament, um, some back in, in Deuteronomy and where the law is involved, a, a good bit in, in the Psalms. And I want us to kind of take a look this morning at some of those references. Because I, I, and this is a question I put to myself, so I'm putting it to you as well. And that is, when you ask God to save you through Christ, when you accepted Christ as your Savior, was there a, a vow of sorts, if you want to look at it that way? And again, I'm, as we read these verses in, in Psalms particularly, I want you to think about it. Did, did I... Did I promise God that here's what I'm going to do? Here are things that I will do to perform my vow. Now, even if you say no, 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 when it wasn't a vow, it didn't go to that extent. Is it any less of an obligation on you and I? That is, now we're back to just the truthfulness. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I promise I'll serve you. Well, what does that look like? And how much do we think about it? How much, you know, we, we say things a lot of times that we are asserting as truth, at least we would expect the person listening to us to accept it as truth, and we, we say it and we never think a thing about it again. And maybe they've taken it and taken it as truth and you were simply making it as a general statement, you weren't trying to influence their decision, but they used it to influence a decision and you don't think anything else about it. Well, I'd say, kind of look at my own heart. You know, sometimes I think that's the way we are with God in our Christian life. We, we yes, I want to be Christ-like. Lord, make me Christ-like. But then we ignore what he says, here's how you become Christ-like. Right? We don't fulfill, as it were, our vow. Or our promise to God. So I want to take a little bit of time just to look at some of these verses this morning. It's a little different, but I, I trust it'll be something that'll at least give you some food for thought. Certainly, living for the Lord is something... The trust we all desire to do. Um, and I hope this just helps us think about it a little bit more. And what's our obligation? I'm afraid that in Christianity today, 
a lot of Christianity that the things of scripture are a kind of take it or leave it. When it's convenient, when I'm in trouble, then, I, then I'll get a little more spiritual. Or when I have a particular need, then I tend to, to become more religious or more spiritual or more aware of what God's word has to say or what my responsibilities are. you have some time just just stop and think a little bit so how how serious do I take my Christianity how serious of a matter is it do I do I fear displeasing God do, do I do I do I don't want that fatherly displeasure that we've talked about in times past that your child doesn't want to disappoint parents a lot of times. Um, and they're going to do something, and then they think, uh, my mother or my father won't be happy. And so they refrain. You know, little things like that. And, and we'll, this will, well, we'll make a few comments on the last couple of paragraphs on 22, but this will do a lot of it. Look at Psalm 116. I say we're going to be in Psalms a good bit. These are kind of general to start with. Uh, Psalm 116. And so this is very general. What, What are our vows to God? in connection with our salvation in general, the next thing is our vows to man. And our vows to God, 116, verses 12 through 14. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Now, that's got to speak to you of Christ. Because you don't know of any benefits from God apart from Christ. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And here's our verse. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Okay? We'll pay my vows. And, and the, the word vows, promise, um, I mean, that's basically what its meaning is. Um, so I will pay my vows. I will fulfill my promise. Now, what does that look like? I'll leave that to you to think about and study. But for all his benefits, as I consider what God has done for me in Christ, I've got an obligation who fulfill my promise to God. When I accepted Christ, and you start thinking about it, I turned away from evil and turned toward righteousness and the doing of those things. 
God's word now becomes a living word to me and an instruction, a rule book, if you want to look at it that way, or simply a guide, a help to help me do what it is that God wants me to do that now I can do because that's some of the benefits that I have received from God, the ability to please him. The opportunity to read and understand his word, to pray, right? So we've got these benefits and we pay our vows. We do what it is that we are supposed to do because of the benefits we have received and are taking of the Lord. You know, I, I don't think anybody's saying, well, Lord... Now, we, we may, by our life, we miss out on some of the benefits, as it were, reject them. But I don't think any of us in our heart are waking up, Lord, today, just please don't bother, leave me alone. I don't, I don't need your benefits today. No. Quite the opposite, isn't it? Uh, we, ho- we hopefully wake up and ask, Lord, please help me to appreciate the benefits. Rebecca? Yes, uh, Rebecca's just pointing out that, and, and I don't want to imply that, in, in, as part of the salvation, we receive salvation because we make a vow. No, no. But in accepting Christ as a result of this new life, of, of having these benefits now, Lord, my life is yours. Okay? Good. Thank you. Good point. No, excuse me. William Tyndale viewed the. Um, sorry, my throat's kind of. Excuse me. William Tyndale viewed baptism as the vow we make to God. And and we'll hit the Lord's table here in just a minute, and the sacraments. Yes, um, he's not the only one. Uh, the sacraments are viewed as an an act of a vow. Um, certainly. Baptism is something done before the church and maybe in part paying our vows before God's people, an act of baptism. Charlie? While the New Testament doesn't use the words or the word, it's there. It's there. Good. Anything else? Bob? And you still instrumentally have a covenant relationship with God. You break his commandments. Mm-hmm. And the covenant relationship has a promise aspect to it. I mean, we think of the covenant between the Father and the Son. Father, I'll give you this people. The Son, I will die for them. I'll... I'll reconcile them to you. I'll, I'll shed my blood and give my life 
to reconcile them. The covenant between the, the children of Israel we see and the Lord. You know, you know if, you're, if you will be my people, you will do what I say. And of course, New Testament, uh, John, the epistle, if you love me, you'll what? You'll keep my commandments. Okay, and we'll see some of that and talk about a little bit of that uh, in, in this. And uh, again, I just I want you to think about it. Um, you come to your own conclusions as to what, if, if, if there's a vow in, included. But again, I thought about that part and I thought, does it matter if I vowed or not? If I've, as it were, promised that I'll serve you, I'll, I want Christ as my Savior, and I want, as that being the, the, what's happening, then am I not saying, and I'll do what I'm supposed to do in connection with it? Paul? Yeah, uh, I've, I've touched on them a couple of times. The main thing, well, the big thing that we talked about a little bit, the emphasis Christ had was about just being truthful. And that's part of where I've, I've been saying it, it's incumbent upon Christ. Teach, you ought to be truthful whether you've taken an oath or a vow or not. The other part was that where those things are addressed... They are addressed in the context of how the Pharisees would abuse it, uh, the oaths and the if if you if you swear by this, then you're bound. But if you swear by this, and eh, you're you, you can get out of it. Uh, and so they they made a somewhat a mockery of truth in in the religious circles. Yeah. And, and, yes. Yeah. And those. And again, if you if you go back and look at them, the wording there would seem to be, well, I should never do this. I mean, you can see if you just read the words that are there, you can see how somebody would come to that conclusion. But if you look at it in the context where Christ especially was dealing with it, the Pharisees. I mean, again, I'd use the illustration of when we, when we were children growing up. You know, you you'd put your hand behind your back and cross your fingers. And um, and then after you, somebody said, "Well, you promised." I had my fingers crossed, so I, you, I'm not bound. Well, that's kind of the setting. If I can give it a maybe a crude illustration, but that's kind of the setting Christ was addressing. No, no, you don't cross your fingers. You don't. And and again, the other part of it was that oaths and vows are made to God. All right. Uh, and they would use, and, and God alone, that's one of the next sections in our section on vows, just like oaths. So they would, well, I'm not bound because I did, I did it by this instead of this. And they would use other objects as well. So, but yeah, good. All right. All right. And then, yes, Jack. recognition 
And, and I think, if I may, and, and again, the, the, the aspect of with the salvation, I mean, we all, we all know exactly you know, what Rebecca was. Salvation is all of God. All of God. Uh, and even our faith is a gift to us to let us embrace Christ as Savior. Your ongoing, that the things you recognized brought you was the, the working of the Spirit to bring you to Christ. The sinfulness, the inability, the only way being Christ, and then that faith to embrace Him as your Lord and Savior. Having done that, that's your salvation. If I can put it that way. That's your salvation. Having done that and having now embraced Christ, the things you're talking about, the repenting, the coming daily, and seeking forgiveness. Why? Because I don't want sin in my life. Why? Because I've come to Christ and Christ, the benefits that I have in Christ. So I think the two go together. I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, Rebecca taught salvation, though, there's no ability and no desire to promise anything until you're saved. So the salvation's got to happen. But then, in connection with that, not as a part of it. In that God, now because I promise God's going to save me. No. God saves me. And now, in appreciation, in love, I come and I promise God that I will serve him and obey him and whatnot. Paul? And even with these vows, there's no way we can keep them. Apart from the Spirit of God. Yeah. But we know, I mean, the, the vow, for example, yes, I will come, and when I sin, I will repent and seek forgiveness, obviously, the help of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see some of that. Rebecca, do you have something else? I was just going to say that even that daily repentance and the daily coming back to Christ is by His grace. Mm-hmm. It's the whole of us, Right, right. Yeah, but, but you, it's, the, these are... Kind of like Paul. Remember Paul in, in James, is it? Um, when Paul says, you know, you, you show me your salvation by your faith, I'll show you my salvation by what? My works, what I do. Now, it's both. But... What we're talking about, paying these vows, I think, is those works. The things that our salvation, because of the power of, of God, through Christ, given the help of the Holy Spirit, we're able then to do these things. And, and any, anything else? We'll keep moving here, otherwise we'll be doing this again next week. Uh, take a look at Matthew ten thirty two, and this goes a little bit to what I think Charlie mentioned a while ago. Uh, but you now this is this is Christ talking to his apostles. Uh, 
All right, 1032, uh, and, and you know, if you go back to the beginning of 10, when he had called his, his 12 disciples, he gave them power and so forth. And in, in 1032, uh, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. He's talking to his 12 apostles, all right? And, and if you go through this chapter, the word fear occurs, verse 26, verse 28, verse 31. In other words, when you go out here to do this, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be some scary times. And we know. I mean, threatened with life. Paul gets stoned, thrown into prison, Peter, I mean, beheaded. No. You look at what happened to them. This is what's going to happen. But Christ says, if you fulfill, because this is one of the things I would suggest to you, is I think Charlie was one of our vows, even in our baptism that we consider. One of our jobs, one of our, the reason we're here is to share the gospel. Right? To confess Christ before the world. And if he was saying this to the apostles who had been with him and seen and experienced his power and his effects of his teaching and stuff, if they're going to be afraid, you know, where does that leave you and me? Okay? But nevertheless, part of our part of our vow maybe I don't I don't think I'm stretching it there and if you note on and we'll hit a couple of these but on page 604 the top up there Psalm 61 8 so will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may what what's the word that I may daily perform my vows and again, what vows? What vows? Well, it's got to be tied. It's got to be tied to your salvation. Think with what we just read in the other verse. I'll daily perform my vows. Just in maintaining the relationship with God. What Jack was talking about. Realizing. We, we, we fail far too much. And the need to come to, to God and, and confess our sin and to get that daily cleansing. And then the need to have the help of the Holy Spirit. You just can't do it without that help. You can't. We've looked at that and considered it. So what do we need to do? We need to ask God for the help of the Holy Spirit. And then... Having asked, we need to make use of it. And how does the Spirit lead us? Predominantly through what? The through the Word. All right? So if you ask for the help of the Holy Spirit and you ignore the Word of God, kind of broken your vow, haven't you? See? See how it works together? 
and how important it is that we consider that we, if this is a vow, it's a promise to God. God, I will do this. And if we aren't, we're breaking our word to God. I would suggest to you, even church membership involves a, a vow to God. Involves an expression to the body. I'm a Christian. I want to be part of this body. But in becoming part of this body, and something that's generally asked, okay, you understand what we're all about. You understand, number one, that we're going to hold you accountable, the leadership, to whatever God's word says, you promise to abide by God's word. And let that be the standard. Yes. Right? And you promise then to acknowledge Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, yes. You promise to abide by the discipline that may come. And the discipline's not always a judicial Discipline sometimes is just a word spoken in kindness. You know? Have you thought about what you're doing or what you're not doing? So you have that aspect of it. So now let's, let's just run down through some of these quickly. I'm not going to comment on them. I simply want to make you aware of them. If you've got a pencil, you can write down um, references but I'm going to start at Psalm 22. And you can uh, go back and consider what may be involved um, in this. Psalm 22, verse 25. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. And again, you you. you you look at what the entire psalm's about, and, and you see that. And you again, it's kind of like paying my vows for the benefits. Look at Psalm 50, verse 14 and 15. Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. I would, I would suggest to you that there, there's a, a, certainly an implication here, if not a direct teaching, that your paying your vows may impact God's hearing your prayer when you're in trouble. You know, if you ignore your obligations to God, would it be unreasonable to think that God would ignore your cry? And I think Scripture certainly teaches that that God in mercy may hear your cry. But if he doesn't, one of the reasons we may look and consider is maybe I haven't paid my vows. Psalm 56 
Verse 12, thy vows are upon me, O God, I will render praises unto thee. And again, in response to God's being merciful and delivering, then this vow. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise. Okay? I think maybe we've all been there at some point in our life. God, if you'll just help me through this. God, if you'll just do this, I promise. Psalm 61, verse 5, For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Lord, you've heard what I promised. In other words, I said it and I know you heard it. I need to do it. God's heard my vows. And in a good way, the, the heritage of the godly there. 66. Uh, Psalm 66, 13, 14, I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth hath spoken when I was in trouble. Again, some of the, what we've already considered, but going to the temple, going to church for us, I would suggest to you that being in the Lord's house on the Lord's day is part of your vow to God. He made this day. It's his day. Lord, I will honor you. So will you honor me by giving me the day that's mine? Psalm 76, verse 11. Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. Right? Vow and pay. In essence, because of who God is. Right? This is God. Vow and pay. Above all vows, in one sense, certainly any vow made to God needs to be paid. Lawful vow. Psalm 116, and we've looked at couple of verses in this psalm already but the last uh, the end of it psalm 116 begin with verse 16 O lord truly i am thy servant i am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid thou hast loosed my bonds i will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the lord i will pay my vows unto the lord now in the presence of all his people joining together to worship Joining in song together, joining in reading of God's word together. You know, there's an aspect of that. There's a, a paying of vows to one another. 
And you're here. I'm here. You see I'm here. I see you're here. And I, you know, trust that we're here for the same purpose, to worship our God. But an encouragement to one another. And as we sing, and the testimony of the songs is part of our paying our vows to the Lord by letting each other hear. You know, it's a wonderful Wonderful part of the music here is this lifting of heart in thanksgiving. I mean, you've been in churches, and I have, where you almost dread when they're going to sing a hymn. And, you know, the Lord's given us musicians and, and helps that certainly make it easy, but you would hope from the heart. I just want to let, you know, Give it my all because I vow. I want to pay my vow. And let me just mention these. We're not going to turn to them. First Corinthians eleven twenty six, which has to do with the Lord's table. You do this, you, you do show the Lord's death. And that show means any number, could mean any number of things. Proclaim. Declare, preach, speak of, teach, that show the Lord's death. All it can be any of those. And again, performance of a vow. Sacraments Institute, you do this. You are to do this. If I am the Lord's, I am to do this. I basically have vowed to do it in response. 1 Corinthians 12 has to do with fulfilling our role in the body, the gifts, the various gifts and things, and using those gifts for the good of the body. 1 Corinthians 13, the, the chapter that deals with love and how we are to deal one with another and, and paying our vows to God involves not only our relationship to God, but our relationship with one another is as much of, a, of our vow. If there's an obligation to keep any commandment, there's an obligation to keep them all. And I would suggest to you that if you read through these and look at it and think, okay, what's my obligation here? 2 Corinthians 5 has to do, uh, verses 18 through 20, to be ambassadors, to speak to men about reconciliation to God. Be ye reconciled to God. And that's an obligation. It's what we want men to hear. You need to be reconciled to God. And you can be. You can be. Galatians 5.13, serving one another. Galatians 6, helping one another. Ephesians 4, um, walking in unity, walking worthy. Ephesians 5, being followers of God. Philippians 2, being like-minded. Colossians 3, uh, chapter 3, chapter 4, being holy. Fulfilling the requirements of our positions, again, relationships that are dealt with there. Second Timothy 12, uh, excuse me, 2.15 talks about studying. 3.16 talks about all the benefits that comes from that studying, using God's word. James talks about our works. I mentioned a while ago. And 1 John talks about our loving God and loving one another.
I mean, those are just some summaries. You, you, you can add to them. My point being, Scripture's full of things that are our duties. Those duties, I would suggest to you, are part of your vow to God for the benefits, for the grace and mercy. Not that you're repaying or paying for. We can't. We never could. Right? But now we can do these things. Before, we never could. Now we can, and as part of our Christian life, we should. It's part of our duties. So just think about it. Think about it. And, okay, Lord, how does this relate to me? I mean, that's, that's why I'm talking to you today is because as I looked at it, the Lord just said, so Tim Farr, you know, how serious do you take it? You know, I started looking at the Psalms and the word vow, and I thought, you know, I don't even know if I've ever thought in the, in the context of I made a vow to God. But I would suggest to you that it would at least do us well to think of it in that context. It won't do you harm. And it may be that which makes you realize, you know, maybe I need to take this a whole lot more serious than I've been taking it. Maybe this ought to be a greater part of my life than just getting by day by day and doing the daily routine. Maybe, maybe this helps me fulfill my part in serving the Lord and expanding and in, 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 uh, working for the kingdom. All right, next week we'll finish up 22. And we'll move on to 22, 6 and 7 and finish it up. So again, don't forget to pick up chapter 23 uh, if you haven't gotten it, uh, dealing with the civil magistrate. Maybe an interesting one to talk about a little bit. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's not... Well, let me put it, it may be becoming a more critical thing to have considered than in one sense we might wish. But certainly, you and I may be called upon one day to decide. To what extent does the civil magistrate have power over me, over my family? over our church. You know, your issues right now, you're seeing it played out. What authority does the civil magistrate as represented by the federal government have over the states? Okay? You see that being argued and talked about weekly, just about. Well, that you can kind of say, okay, then all right, yeah, that, that, that's, but what happens 
when he comes inside the church. And now you're having to be like the state with the federal government. Now we may be to the state, the federal, the local, whoever it is. So that'll be uh, some good food for thought, I hope. But, you know, that becomes almost secondary, doesn't it, to what we've talked about today. What's my obligation to the state? Well, first and foremost, what's my obligation to God? And that's what we've been talking about. All right, let's pray. Father, we're grateful to you for your word. And Lord, we, we confess that so often we just, it's not that we don't want to know your word. It's not that we haven't read your word. But sometimes, Lord, we just don't see the total application, maybe. Sometimes we... We don't see how it applies to us at the moment. And yet, Lord, it applies to us constantly every day. So help us, Lord, we ask. We want to please you. We want to serve you. Help us to that end by your spirit. You've been so good to us, Lord, that we can even ask, that we can even pray that prayer is only because of your grace and mercy as we know it and have experienced it through Christ our Savior. So help us, we pray. Bless our time this morning, the rest of the morning, our fellowship, Lord, our worship especially. Be here with us, we ask, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.